Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with the absolute divine Miss Joss Stone and we have an absolute ball. You're in for a treat on this episode. Honestly, uh, Joss was such a laugh. We had a really, really good time recording this one and, uh, and you'll get to hear it very soon. Before so, some thank yous. Uh, I'd like to thank the official sponsor of Off The Beat and Track Podcast, which is Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. You know who they are anyway, because uh, I'm sure you've eaten loads of their delicious uh, chocolate over the years. What I want to tell you about is their little range of absolutely delicious chocolatey booze. So you can get uh, Hotel Chocolat Gin. Uh, a salted caramel vodka, which is off the scale. And then they do this kind of creamy range. Oh, my life. You can get um, the mint one is the one to die for. It, that's just my humble. But um, there's a chocolate one, there's an orange one, uh, and there's a salty caramel um, creamy one as well. You've had their chocolate. You know how good they are at that stuff. Imagine throwing booze into the equation. It's absolutely amazing. Um, we're going to be doing some more bits and pieces with Hotel Chocolat as well. We're going to be doing some uh, some live shows uh, down there. We've just recently done one with um, the Pop Bible magazine uh, and my other hardcore listing podcast done a live show there. It's an amazing venue on Monmouth Street. They've got, an, like, they've got the shop and then downstairs you've got this really cool little intimate space which is perfect for live podcasts. So we'll be doing an off-the-beaten track live episode there soon. Uh, so there, proud sponsors. I, I presume they're proud. Um proud sponsors of the Off The Beat and Track podcast is Hotel Chocolat. So thanks. Uh, who else do I want to thank? Scroobius Pip. He's all right. Scroobius Pip fella. He's uh, he's pretty good at this old podcasting lark. Um, so yeah, big love to Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network, which this podcast is very proud to be part of. Some amazing talent over there. Go check out the pods. Go give it a listen. You've got Brett Goldstein's films to be buried with. You've got the aforementioned hardcore listing. Uh, you've got Say Wife to Drugs with Susie Gage. You've got Sex with Charlie and Nina. Uh, you've got the Mama Mama podcast. Oh, there's bundles over there. And obviously, you've got the Distraction Pieces podcast from the podfather himself, Pip. I'd like to also thank you lot for just being really nice and supporting this podcast. 450 episodes in, and I have got some crackers coming your way soon. Um, if it's your first time listening, then hello. Um, nice to have you here to listen to uh, Joss's episode. When you get to the end of uh, the episode with Joss, go check out the back catalogue, because you can hear me talking to 
Um, oh my gosh, where do I start? Um, Fat Boy Slim, um, The Killers. Ooh, who else we got? The Foo Fighters, uh, Swade. Uh, oh, blimey, you got loads of indie bands like The Vaccines and uh, Idols. And then you've also got um, superstar producers like Butch Fig, comedians, Ed Gamble, um, Jade Adams. Um, who else we got? Uh, James Acaster and some amazing acting talent um, Maxine Peak, which I can't recommend that episode enough go check that one out um, and also Joe Hartley's uh, episode is an, is an amazing natter as well um, yeah so some amazing actors also we've got Michael Smiley Thomas Turgoose oh, Mark Bonner there's loads um, like I say 450 episodes and they're all for free go check out my chat with Chuck D of Public Enemy that's a great one um, when I say great one, I'm not talking about me. I'm very average. Uh, I'm just a lispy bloke from Essex, but the guests are gold, and uh, and they're all there to be listened to for free. Uh, I put out two episodes a week, so don't miss anything. Subscribe. That way you will not miss a trick. Um, as well as that, you can support the podcast, and the way that you do that is, well, there's multiple ways. You can just kind of tell your mate and go, I've heard this podcast. It's well all right. Have a listen. Or you can subscribe that's really good or you can give us a follow on instagram facebook or twitter and better still a little like or even better still a share that'd be good drop us a message let us know you'd like to hear me chatting to but one way that you can really help is by becoming a patreon uh, and it cost you a dollar a month so about 20p a week and then what you get for that is you get to watch all of these episodes um, completely ad-free. You can watch all the videos if you like to get your podcast that way. Um, I put up loads of radio shows. I record little radio shows, um, playing some of my favourite songs and having a little bit of a chat about it. I put together lots of playlists and I do a monthly live show on Zoom for Patreons where we pick one of the questions from the podcast and you all bring along your answers and, and we just talk about it and just have a little nerdy hangout and it's lovely. Uh, and so you can find out about that at patreon.com uh, forward slash off the beat and track. Other than that, you can find out about the Patreon, merch, where you can find us on the socials and anything else you need to know about this here podcast at your one-stop shop which is off the beat and track podcast.com anyway i know why you're here and it's not for me banging on you want to hear some really good chat from my amazing guest today please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the delightful joss stone it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him we are recording. Joining me today, Josh Stone. Hello. Hello. How are I'm you? good. I'm good. We're doing that fake hello, like we haven't just been having a yeah. natter for the last five minutes. We've done one. <laughs> We've already done our hello. <laughs> well, I'm re- listeners only. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm looking at your your setup. There's a lovely podcast setup. So uh, we'll we'll talk about the podcast a bit later as well because um, I want to know all about that. But Josh, I always try and start the podcast with the first question and I want you to tell me what is the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro oh that's such a good question mm. um it's probably um I got the blues okay by Labby Sifri wow yeah I think that one I covered that actually I tried to cover it and you know respect that as much as possible and we did do the long intro i think it's the coolest the coolest thing in the world 
It's just awesome. And then, of course, um, it was sampled. When it drops, it was sampled by Eminem. So everybody knows the drop. Um, My name Mm. is Eminem. What is he saying? Hi, my name is her. My name is who? Um, Obviously, I don't do it as well as he does. But, um, yeah, the intro to that is, wow, how beautiful. He's a... He's really lucky, Labby Sifri, because I guess aside from something inside so strong, he could probably walk down the street and not get yeah. hassled. Yet he's got that song, which is that samples because he wrote. Obviously, it must be love for madness, and like mm-hmm. so, he must get all the perks of having all the amazing money that comes yeah. from writing these amazing songs. Yet can still just kind of stroll down the street and no one hassle him. That's the dream, right? He's living the dream. <laughs> that is the dream, literally. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful? Oh, Josh, tell me about intros. And when you're when you're working on music, um, you, you chose a song that's that, that's got quite a nice sort of long intro to it. But I'm always interested in in musicians, and and I guess sometimes these this this question could lean more towards a kind of more commercial pop act, um, right. but. We're seeing that the way that I'm looking at the way that my daughters get music now, and and it's TikTok, and it's you know it's, it's so quick. it's so quick, and everything's yeah. so quick. And I know the music that you know, being aware of your work and knowing the music that you've grown up on, you know, it's it isn't that instant disposable pop. But I just wonder, as an artist, when you're creating music and and and, and essentially the intro. Mm. Are them kind of TikTok and Spotify playlists, or things like that, do they enter into your creative process? Oh, no, I don't think they do. <laughs> and maybe that's why maybe that's why I'm so old and I'm no, no one's listening to me on TikTok because <laughs> I'm not really... I'm not really paying that much attention yeah. to it. I should do, though. I no, suppose. not at all. There's no right or wrong answer, Joss. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, you want... The reason why we make music is because we want people to hear it and we want people to feel good mm. from it. So, um, and then it's like, well, which people, what people, how old are they? Where do they live? You know, there's a thousand questions that come after that. And, you know, there was a time where I would make it so I could feel proud of it. It's almost like kind of self-indulgent, yeah. you know, um, and that time was short actually for me. It only lasted like a few years. And I was very like obsessed with getting it exactly how I dreamed it in my mind. And it ended up being quite stressful having anything, any type of um, confinement, I suppose. It kind of, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So now I just make it and I look around the room and I hope that all the musicians are having a lovely time and the engineers having a lovely time. And I think, yeah, all right. Yeah, this is good. This yeah. is giving good energy to people, you know? So yeah, when you consider the listener, it's very difficult because there's millions of people yeah, out there. Yeah. So you have to just look around the room and hope that they represent the listeners. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I do enjoy music a lot. Mm. So my music is musical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like to have a little bass solo if I can get it in there. Yeah, absolutely. And like but it, you know, like yeah. I say, there's no right or wrong answer to that. I've had you know, I've done four hundred and fifty mm. of these episodes now and and some people have just gone, Oh like you know, for me I just like the the you know, the, something like, you know, uh, help by the Beatles. Help bang, straight in. Oh, and like yeah, that's it. Yeah, no yeah, messing. Yeah. Just straight yeah. in and no then like, messing around. And then, 
Such Other people are going for some Pink Floyd intro that is essentially the whole song is like a 20 minute intro. And it's like, so yeah. there's no right or wrong answer. But I do find what, what I find quite interesting is the fact that now if a new pop artist and we look at bands like Queen and things like that, who, who were pop bands in their, you know, in their time. And I do think mm-hmm. if a young artist took Bohemian Rhapsody into a record company now, they'd be like, Oh. Mate, you're having a laugh, aren't you? What's this? They wouldn't, <laughs> no, they wouldn't be interested. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so true. I was thinking about, you know, if I was born in a different time completely. Imagine if I was born in like, I don't know, the 1600s. Yeah. And I sounded the way I sound now. And I sang the songs that I sing now. People, I'd be burned. <laughs> they would. Li- not only would they not like it, they would probably... So there was a witch or something and like, I don't know, sink me in the ground. I don't know. It wouldn't go well for me. So it's all about, you know, luck and timing. Oh, that would be an incredible album review to have got in the 1600s, wouldn't it? How did Jossie's new record go down? Nah, nah, she got stoned. No, Absolutely stoned. Like, She's completely done. Yeah. Witch was drowned. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's just a, it's a weird thought, but it's kind of true. It's like, okay, so what I do, I make noises that people happen to mm. like today, at the yeah. moment, and they might not like it tomorrow. So you just got to enjoy your minutes. Absolutely, you? absolutely. That's a good name for an album. <coughs> <laughs> not in, not in the sixteen hundreds though. Um, yeah. Right, Joss, tell me, please, the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Oh, gosh. Okay, so this one, it's Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton, Mm. for sure. And the reason I remember this, it was so specific, because my dad, he um, was going to pick up my mum from karate. So my mum started karate when we were about, mm, I don't know, three or four. Um, She had three kids under five and then an older teenager. And she just wanted that time for herself but I was obsessed with her. So I was like, no, where's mummy? I'm coming. So I would like ask to go along in the car with my dad. And he took that time to play me music and explain things to me. The worst thing really he could have done because I cried for about two days and he got in major trouble with my mum because he would sit me down and he would before the song was to play, it was almost like he was performing in a concert. He was like, okay, this song is about this. And he explained that it was about his son and Eric had lost his son and his son was only two. And that's what the song is about. And then he played the song and I remember hearing the words because you do when someone explains it to you beforehand. You don't just hear the melody and the guitar. You're hearing the story. And it says, um, would you know my name? if I saw you in heaven. And I thought, I don't know. I don't know if he would, because he was so young. And it was just that horrible thought. And I still can't even get it out of my head now. And I just was so upset for days. And my mum was like, what the hell have you done to her? What's gone on? (laughs) But that is soul music. You know, yes, Eric Clapton. We don't think, okay, Eric Clapton, we don't put him in the space of like Aretha Franklin's soul, James Brown's soul. That's Mm. not the genre that we put with him but that is soul music 100%. that's what connects with you 100 yeah. percent. i think 
Yeah, it's just honest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the circumstances around that record are heart-wrenching. Mm. And like, oh my and to, to kind of channel that, and I don't know if he got comfort from writing that or, or if he was literally exercising the pain. I don't know. I don't know. Like, just so hard. But it's, it's brutally honest and, and yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll tear your heart out, that one, won't it? so heavy yeah. but it's so it's so real life because people do go yeah. through that and um that's what music is for it is to comfort yeah. us all so we don't feel alone yeah. and i'm sure people that have gone through a similar thing probably take a lot from that yeah. song um and then later on in life um i shared a backing singer with eric clapton so she told me stories about when they sang that song on stage and she said you know what joss they they sing it um, now. We do it in a reggae style because it's too difficult. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. They kind of because everyone wants to hear it because it's such a huge song. But going over and over and over and oh my goodness, it's like self harm. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of these things you have to re-sing. Yeah. Oh, it like guts you every yeah. night. So they decided to make it reggae which I think is a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I guess so many songs are, are written about heartbreak and breakups and things like oh, that, yeah. but I guess with time that's easier mm. and, oh, I presume would get easier, but the loss of a child, like, that's oh. going to be raw, isn't it, forever? And Yeah, you can't. It doesn't, I don't know. It's just too much. Yeah, absolutely. But he did that and he was brave enough to put it out and... A lot of people have got a lot of comfort from it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a self-sacrifice in a way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So mm. tell me about, um, aside from uh, your dad mentally scarring you on car journeys, like, how was your upbringing? Now, where was it and was it a musical house growing up? Yeah, it was. My upbringing was in Dover um, until I was about, I think we moved when I was about eight. So... It was half there and half in Devon. Oh, lovely. Because I got a job at 14 and then I was not living anywhere ever, ever since. (laughs) So really, um, yeah, two very different places, actually. Um, I learned how to sing in front of the cows in Devon. Lovely. That was my audience. And they're a great audience, (laughs) Cara. Brilliant. They're very inquisitive. Yeah. They kind of, if you stand on top of the hedge and just belt it out, they will come over. Whether they like it or not. Is that a good, if they're, they're, they're coming over, is that a good review? Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and yeah, music was everywhere in our house. Dad played stuff. That was one thing. And mum played stuff. That was another. What sort of stuff was yeah, you being and exposed not- to? Obviously, you mentioned Clapton there. But what other stuff was being played at home? Mm-hmm. So my mum, she really liked, like, the big female singers. So did my dad, really. But, um... She was like Melissa Etheridge, Viacondias, um, Whitney Houston, yeah. Anita Baker. And then they shared, they did share a love for the same music. So, you know, Caught Up in the Rapture was like a big yeah. deal for both what of them. What a record. Um, I know, isn't it beautiful? Gosh, I do love it. I know every single word to yeah. that record. Um, and then my dad, he, he did like a bit of Devo, mm-hmm. which was fun. And um, the reggae thing certainly came from him. He liked uh, Linton Quasi Johnson, nice. um, which was a big deal in the house. Um, Solomon Burke, James Brown, all that, all that good stuff. Nice. And then as I got older, I was one of four kids. So we all liked something different. Yeah. 
being one of four kids and and just by what you said there, standing on the top of a hedge, uh, singing like a mad woman at cows. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. funny what you do when you're on your own, isn't it? <laughs> was you a confident kid, Joss? No. Oh, really? I wasn't at all. No, no, no. That's why I had to sing to the cows. <laughs> <laughs> I was very nervous and shy. I never wanted to sing in front of humans. Yeah. It was a horrible yeah. thought. Um, so my... My mum, she used to go to um, parent-teacher meetings, of course. My dad, he couldn't be bothered yeah. dealing with that. But my mum went in and she was being told all the time, you know, just doesn't really do her homework and this and that. And she went into the music teacher and she goes, well, you know, you know, she can sing. And he was like, no, she's never done anything. Like she always stands in the back with the paper in front of her face. Mum was like, no, seriously, I promise you she can sing. <laughs> so he kind of pulled me out a little bit after she'd said that. But I wasn't, he wasn't going to know that without her saying. I just felt it was really embarrassing, yeah. you know. And I still sometimes feel like that. <laughs> if someone was to ask me to sing yeah. in a scenario that wasn't like set up for it, I would feel embarrassed. Really? It feels like, like, yeah, it feels like exhibitionist. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. But now I know it brings a lot of happiness to people. Yeah. I, I kind of get it. I get why I'm supposed to be doing yeah. it. And, um, yeah, we used to have barbecues down by the river, which was in my garden in Devon, and invite everyone, like all the neighbours and all their kids. Oh. And it was like, I really fancied the boy that lived down the road, you know. And I didn't want to, like, talk to him or anything. And my dad would stand up and go, right, Joss, sing us all a song. God. <gasps> oh, what, just a cappella? Just, just on your own? Just a cappella. <gasps> just sing us all a song. No, it was awful. And I'd be like, Dad, please don't make me do that. And he said to me, you know, it's very selfish. You are hiding your gift. I'm like, well. Hide Leave me alone. And I ran away. And I got up to my bedroom and I wouldn't go back to the party. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. Josh, you mentioned uh, school uh, a, a moment ago there. So let's let's get to track three, which is a song that reminds you of your time at school. Yes. Uh, Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith yeah. Evans. Is that the one I just... Okay, I love that song. I love I love Faith Evans. I love yeah. her voice. Um but so that one was the song that was playing when the year above me were going up to top school. So the school I went to, we called bottom school because it was at the bottom of the hill. Top school was the high school at the top of the hill. Right. And um, there was a boy again, my first ever boyfriend. He was leaving. Oh, no. And I know it was really sad. So that was like our, that was our song. It was our soundtrack to our... Our emotional parting. And then after that, and it played at the disco and all that, mm. you know, the end of year disco. Oh, it's so sweet. We played it in the classroom at lunchtime and I knew all the words. And um, it was just, yeah, it was like a little bit of a movie kind of. And then as he, after he went, he would write me letters and give it to a friend to give to me. And it was just, you know, the song was kind of walking us through yeah. all that. It was really cute. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Did you, um, aside from uh, the, the Leavers Disco and the, uh, the heartache that come with with with, uh, with, with Puff Daddy, um, did you enjoy school? 
No. Really? I did not enjoy school. I used to cry every day. Every morning. Why? I'd wake up, I'd burst into tears, and I'd be like, I don't want to go. And then by about two o'clock, I was all right. And then I came home at three, half three. So I think I didn't like mornings. Right. I think mostly, I think that is probably a big reason why I didn't like I mean, it. that's changed. We should we should point out to the listeners now, it, it, it's about 7am where you are right now. And you've been up for about yeah. three hours already. I know, I know. Well, I'm getting up for a beautiful reason because my little girl is like, she's um full of beans. Yeah, love it. She wakes up and she's just, she's just on it. Wonderful. She's like, come on, life, let's do this. <laughs> And Cody is like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> but I have a way of pushing through it, I think. Wonderful. Well, um, that's what I've learned. I've definitely learned. But no, I didn't like it then. Didn't like it back then at all. What did you want to be at school? I know, obviously, you, you said that your folks were telling the music teacher that you could sing and you was, you know, you was kind of hiding that. And, and obviously, yeah. you know, at school, you don't want to put your your head above the you know uh, above anything do you, you want to head down and just get through school because it's tricky right it's it, it's tough for everyone yeah. but yeah yeah you know deep down what did you want to do when you was at school what you know, what did you think you was going to be mm. burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I really, at the beginning, I really wanted, I say at the beginning, it's funny, isn't it, how it feels like such a long time I was there and I wasn't, um, I really wanted to be a vet. Okay. But I, because I loved animals a lot more than I loved standing up in front of people singing, that's yeah. for sure. Um, and I really wasn't great with anything academic. I really wasn't, like the maths thing still, I can't get my head around it. Spelling was a proper issue for me. Um, anything that was not creative, to be honest, yeah. was like not my thing. Um, so my mom said to me, you know, Jossie, if you do want to be a vet, you can do anything you want in this life, but you will have to go to school after you finish school for another 10 years. Yeah, that's overrated. <gasps> <laughs> I said, no, thank you very much. Really? <laughs> And 
once I reckon I, I figured that out, I was like, no, I'm not yeah. doing I don't want to do that. And then I thought, right, okay, I've got to think of another plan. And I remember watching, um, you know, Jay McDonald's stuff, right? Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. that? That was so sweet, wasn't it? I thought, people do that for a job. I can do that for yeah. a job. That's easy. I can sing a song. How hard can it be? And uh, so that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> Done all right. <laughs> yeah, it kind of worked out okay. Yeah, it did work out okay. <laughs> I think it's a better job, really, but you know, it, it's nice hanging out with cows and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I do miss that. But I can still have cows. I can have the best of both worlds. So from you know, from, from being somewhere like quite quiet, like Devon, and to then finding yourself, you know, having success, you know, in the music industry and, and being on the television and and you know, being on the radio, like how how did you find that adjustment to all of a sudden not just being Joss, but being, oh, look, there's Joss Stone? Yeah, how how yeah. was that? Mm, I don't think I liked it very much. Um, really, that, that aspect of it wasn't my favourite bit. So I've tried to quell that a little bit. Um, I like the music side of it. I like being together with lots of people, dancing around and smiling and giving good feeling. Um, and that's the biggest part of the job, really. Um, but at the beginning, it's funny, isn't it? I didn't really want to be seen. I had this whole pitch to the record label. Because remember the gorillas? Yeah. They had their cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. videos. And that was around about the same time. And I remember saying to Steve Greenberg, who signed me, from I was 14 when I signed with him, about 15, 16 when the records come out. And I remember saying, hey, why don't we do this thing where um, I just sing the songs and all everything is cartoon and sketched and stuff and no one ever knows what I look like and it'll be really cool, like the gorillas. And he was like, no, that's not why I signed you. And I thought, ah, oh, bummer, yeah. okay. Here we go. Let's go. Because just because I was a bit shy and a bit awkward and I don't always say the right things and they gave me media training to do interviews properly, that went flat on its face. <laughs> I just I, I just say what's on my mind and sometimes people don't want to hear yeah. that. So, and in, in, in England, um, the press can be not that sweet. Yeah. So That's a really nice way of putting it, Joss. Uh, they can be really <laughs> fucking awful people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They can, and they don't mind if they destroy your world for yeah. or for 10 years. So, it, yeah, it can be rough. Yeah. It can be rough, but you need them because you want people to come to your show and you want to have the good yeah. parts. So you've got to have a balance. Yeah. And I just, it took me a few years to figure out what bit I needed to minimise and what bit I needed to maximise. So, but at, yeah. at 14, 15, you're still finding out who you are, let alone having to deal with the you know, all the trappings that come with being a, a pop star, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Because you have to become you in front of yeah. everyone whilst they're judging While you. Why everyone else is making their mistakes in pub in, in private and, and oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. nothing's happening. <laughs> oh. Exactly. It is a bit of a mad yeah. one. It is. But, you know, God. I've learned a lot. <laughs> what a crazy oh, life. No. That, that 10 extra hours a week becoming a vet, that sounds all right. <laughs> It sounds all right now, doesn't it? Like, can I not just do a normal job? One day, one day I will do it. Well, 
Well, I'll tell you what we do. We do the, the, one of the last songs in the sort of formative years. Um, and I'm going to ask you for track four, Joss, to please tell me uh, the first song you remember buying from a record shop. The first song? Which one? Oh. See, I don't know which one this is now. I'm looking on my list and I'm thinking I didn't buy any of these. Which one did I buy? <laughs> Are you talking about the Lauren Hill? It could be. It could be. I just got the I just got the answers in advance. I'm not sure which ones with which. Oh, oh no! I don't think I bought any of these. But do you know what? What did I buy from a record shop? I bought that was like a now a now fifty two. Oh my or something. god! Now forty. Now forty something. Do you know what, Josh? You have just officially made me feel so old, right? Do you know what the first record? Oh, the no. first record I ever bought was. Now nah, that's what I call music. There weren't even a number after that one. <laughs> it no, was the first really? one. <laughs> 1983, oh. I think it was. That's so funny. I know, mate. Gosh, I was born in 87. Gosh, 47 hours later. There you go. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that's so mental. So, yeah, my sister, she came to me with this plan that we were going to buy a record. So we put all of our money together to get that record. Yeah. And that was what we could agree on because they had so many different songs mm. on it. So that's what we agreed on. That's what we got. Um, and I got, I can't, I can't remember what was on there. Probably Spice Girls. That's probably yeah, why we got it. Love it. <laughs> we loved the Spice Girls. <laughs> that was the best. But I remember the first record that was like mine that I asked for for Christmas. It was, um, it was my uncle Porridge. His name was actually Dennis. I was just, I was going to say there's a lot to unpack there. Like. Yeah, no idea why we called him that. <laughs> he was great. And he wasn't my uncle, by the way. He was just a friend. I love I love a friend that's an uncle or an aunt. Everyone had him in the I 80s. Know. It was great. <laughs> so random, isn't it? And he would always bring us sweets. And one year, he decided he wasn't going to get us sweets because we got older. He said, I'm going to get you whatever you want. So tell me what you want for Christmas. And I was like, oh, okay, well, um there's these two records so you can choose one either it was paint the sky with stars um by oh what's her name now i'm forgetting don't say anita baker it's not anita baker it's by i'm going to google it right now i don't know why it's my prego brain <laughs> it was you know but i'm not going to sing it to you now <laughs> paint the sky with stars by Enya. Right. Well, I don't know why. I, all I heard was Anita in my brain. By I've Enya. got a really weird Enya um, fact, right? I've got an Enya fact for you, right? You ready? Okay, yeah. Enya speaks English, uh, yeah. from what I gather, most of the day, but dreams in Gaelic. That makes sense in a weird quite way. quite odd, isn't it? When you hear her music, you're like, yeah, she would be that yeah, strange there you go yeah <laughs> i don't know where i but pulled that fact from <laughs> she dreams in yeah Gaelic. good name for an album well she's such a magical fairy yeah. to me i felt she was a magical yeah. fairy um anyway so that that was one and the other one was aretha franklin greatest hits oh that i do and he bought me both. Oh, I got both. Good on Uncle Porridge. What a dude. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I ended up really wanting to be Aretha Franklin and singing along and all that and just loving Enya and just listening with, you know, my meditation or whatever weirdness I was doing at that I point. mean, that's two very different records, isn't it? 
very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that me? Oh, no. Oh, that's my bread. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making rye bread. Do you need to go and turn the oven off? No, no, it's not in the oven. It's just... Oh, bread. right. It's fine. It can have another It can have another 20 minutes. It's all right. It's just like, you know, rising. The yeast is doing its thing. Amazing. When I wake up at four in the morning, I always bake. Every Jeez. Time. I do something. Yeah. That is like creative because otherwise I think, oh God, I'm going to fall asleep and I've got to watch Violet. So <laughs> I can't be unconscious while I'm watching her. So I have to do something. So I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Josh, tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Clubbing. Mm. God, clubbing. I never really went clubbing, but Blue Abadi Abadai was the thing that I thought was the most clubby thing I ever listened to. <laughs> That was it. I'm blue. I never in a million years thought my my Wednesday afternoon would involve just don't singing blue to me. Ridiculous, isn't it? What a ridiculous song that I just can't help but love. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So I imagine by the time you was of a legal age to go clubbing. Oh, you're like, I was busy. You're, you're, you're <laughs> going to have people with cameras outside nightclubs wanting to take pictures of you drunk and things like that, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. man. So did you never really get that kind of clubbing period of your life? Not really. Not really. I did go every now and then, you know, if somebody was going, yeah. I'd pop along with them. But um, do you know what? I don't like it. This makes me sound really old, but I've been this way since time. I really don't like that you have to shout at each other and everyone wants to talk mm. to you when you're in the club. Why can't you just go to the club, listen to the music and talk later? Yeah. It hurts my voice. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's great here, I love it. And they're talking, I'm like, for God's sake, come and just listen. Oh, no. <laughs> and then have a dance and then leave. So my friend Brian and I, we um, used to hang out in New York and we had the same irritation with having to shout the whole bloody yeah. time. So we decided, right, we're going to go in here, we're going to dance to one song, and then we're yep. out. And that is how we did clubbing. Lovely. That was the best the best thing. Go in, one song, and then go out, sit in a bar, have a cocktail, have a chat till four in the morning. <sighs> Good quality That's time, what it's you know? about. Like, I'll let you in a secret, right, yeah. Joss, right? I've, I've, I've run a nightclub for 32 years, and... Oh, wow, and I you? don't like going in the club. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too, too loud. <laughs> and there's nowhere for me to sit. And it's like, I just want to sit down and have a chat with me mate. So I'll just stand out the front exactly. and I can chat to the customers and I can chat to the staff at the front, which is nice and quiet. Don't yes, get, I, yes. I got, smoking area. I'm nearly 50. I've got to worry about like tinnitus and stuff like that now. So it's like, <laughs> stay at the front. Have a nice civilised chat. I'm so <laughs> glad you feel the same. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that, that's where you're finding <laughs> Outside with my little, my little coat on and my little rolly. Perfect. Chat. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you earlier, Joss, about confidence. Um, mm. You have chosen uh, a career uh, in an industry that is famously so tough to have mm. a, a fraction of success, let alone anywhere near the success that you've had uh, in, in the music industry. Um, so confidence aside, tell me about your relationship with drive. Mm. 
I think that I have always just been a hard worker, I think. Um, I don't know why. Um, I just really like when I'm doing something, I'm just, I'm head first in. I always am. And um, I have like a standard that I want to meet for me. Yeah. That's really nothing else. I, I just feel in a way it's to avoid embarrassment. I want to feel proud of what I've done. And I want to feel like I worked really hard and um, I was the best me that I could possibly yeah. be. Because otherwise I'll just sit there and feel depressed probably yeah. it, it won't make it won't make me feel happy so I think that is where the drive comes yeah. from I don't know if that's my mum or my dad or what food I ate or what um like I said I'm one of four and we're all very very different yeah. my brother is so chill he's almost horizontal you know so and we were brought up in the same family only 18 months yeah. apart um it's just we are who we are and I just like when I'm doing something I want to do it and I want to do it properly and to its you know, to its fullest. Okay. Um, I'm going to take you home for track six and I'm going to ask you for a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. My home county? Did you think it was country? Because the other 450 people that I've had on this podcast, 440 of them thought it was country as well, but it is actually county. It's got to be Devon. Yeah. What's, what's out of Devon? Or Dover. Or Dover. Don't know about musicians from Dover, but I do know about Muse. Mm. There's Muse and Coldplay. They're from they Devon, are, aren't they? Yeah, there was this one song that really tripped me out from um, from Coldplay. Okay. It was that yellow song. Yeah, it's good that one, isn't it? And it 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 was gorgeous, but I mean, it actually sent me into a weird seizure. How weird is that? And I don't have seizures, right. but there's. There's something my mum had called petty mal epilepsy. And it's like your brain goes, like something triggers it. And it feels like a, everything's, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like everything is rushed and slow. And it's the oddest, strangest What, like feeling. fast and slow at once? Fast and slow at once. Like, so if you're breathing, you hear your breathing and it, it's like you, you're breathing slowly, but it sounds and it kind of feels emotionally like you're going, <sighs> but you're not. Wow. And you know you're not. And you're calm. It's a, I cannot explain it properly, but it's very, very odd. And I never have, I never went to the doctors for it or anything like that. But every single time I played that song, it sent me into this weirdness, like a trip. That's weird. And that lasted for like a year. Yeah, it was very weird. But I kind of liked it. It was like being drunk. So I was like, oh, I'm going to play it again. Let's see, if, let's see if it happens again. And sure enough, it did. That's crazy. I know. It's so odd. So is it, <laughs> so is it something to do with the frequencies or like what? Do you know what it is? Or just is it Coldplay or just that song? Just that song. I, it wasn't Coldplay because other Coldplay songs I play yeah. and I just love them. But no, that one just went, it kind of like wrapped me up and did something odd it's... and I wasn't smoking weed and I wasn't taking <laughs> drugs I promise because this, this was like I was younger yeah. so yeah. isn't that funny that's mad I find that really fascinating when like listening to music like creates a physical reaction rather than reaction, like you know yeah. I, I know obviously you hear music and you want to dance but 
I had mm. on one of the very first episodes I've done of this podcast years and years ago. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about their their using this kind of recording technique and I don't know what it is but apparently Michael Jackson used it on one of the last records he done um, mm. and there's this kind of procedure and, and frequency or something in these bass notes or so I can't remember exactly how it is but mm. it gives you goosebumps oh really yeah. and like because goosebumps not everyone gets goosebumps do they there's only a certain percentage of the public no. uh, of, of the population oh, get goosebumps really? yeah and and obviously sometimes you hear like, t- like tears in heaven you hear that like goosebumps it's like yeah. and because you're emotionally 100 percent. but there's michael yeah. jackson obviously was always kind of ahead of the game with his you know with, with production and things like that and yeah apparently there's something on one of them like later albums that this band were replicating that when you mm. hear it you get a physical reaction you get goosebumps crazy right that's so cool that is so cool and then there's also the brown frequency that makes you shit yourself what <laughs> have you not heard no oh i'm God, so no. gonna drop that at my club on the weekend <laughs> tell me more please do it please please do it that would be so funny no it won't be funny everybody will be very upset <laughs> do it on halloween that would be like the ultimate like freak show of a night so I take yeah, yeah. it that's some kind of really fucking heavy, intense, like, techno or something. It must be. It must be. Jesus. Scary. It must be a scary sound. I've never heard it. Yeah. So, I don't think I want to. Thank God. Like. Maybe try it, but try it, you know, <laughs> get prepared, you know. In a, in a controlled yourself. environment. <laughs> In a controlled environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, it might be a myth, you know. You've got to dispel the yeah. myth now. Yeah, I just can't wait to just sort of, I want to go to somewhere in kind of like Germany outside of techno bar and just these two guys go, mate, that night was fucking epic, man. I shit myself twice. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> God, with that power comes great responsibility, Joss. <laughs> oh, my oh life. <coughs> All right, Joss, it's your last track. And um, and this is where you get to play uh, Tastemaker uh, or Influencer, as the kids call it now. Um, and this is where I'm going to ask you, please, to tell our listeners a song that you think many may not know that you would like them to hear. Hmm. Hmm. Many may not know. I think, gosh, that's difficult. What would they not know? And I'd want them to hear. Probably, there's so many songs on my world tour that I loved, but they're all in different languages and I can't remember what any of them bloody called. Hmm. I would say, I want them to hear. Can it it be one of of my songs? Okay, cool. All right. Well, being that we've been talking about clubbing, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how many people actually listen to it or not because um, I never check the numbers. Yeah. But it's really uplifting and it would work in your club. Okay. And it's a song I wrote with the shapeshifters, okay. Simon Marlin. And it's called Bring on the Rain. Wonderful. And it's about like, just washing the last, you know, the pandemic yep. years that we don't talk about anymore, washing that away and starting fresh. Lovely. And I think it's a really positive one. Wonderful. I hope people 
Wonderful. Well, what we do, just we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so mm. people can go and okay. listen to all of the tracks that we've spoken about today. And oh, we're nice. now, like you say, in a much happier space now that that pandemic stuff's been left behind and gigs are happening, yeah. tours are happening, music festivals are happening, you know, yeah. all stuff yeah. is, is, is back to us as close as to normal as we can hope to get it at the moment. So with all of that in mind, what have you got planned for the rest of the year? Oh, I've got a Christmas album coming. Wonderful. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I have wanted to make a Christmas album for mm. years. And I haven't had the right scenario to yeah. do it until okay. now. So my dream for it was to just cover it all in orchestra. Mm. And of course, that costs a lot yeah. of money. So I was like, well, I have to wait for someone to pay for this before <laughs> before I can possibly even begin. Um, so I ended up linking with Steve Greenberg, who signed me when I was yeah. a kid. He has now linked with Hollywood Records, which is Disney. Ah. So it's Disney fine. They've got that stuff set up 24-7, right, Disney, surely? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just very like, mag it's a magical time of year, oh. isn't it? And the music that we have heard over the years, they help us to feel like to feel the spirit, yeah. basically. And um, it's just very, just a beautiful time. And all the songs I'd listened to over the years have been like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, like the older ones I really mm -hmm. like. So hopefully I've made an album that could sit somewhere like that. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you know what, Jess? I was going to ask, like, how is it? Like, how do you get that kind of vibe for singing Christmas songs in, like, February or, like, May? Oh, yeah. But yeah. if you've got Disney in the mix, like, there's the magic right there, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like glitter everywhere. <laughs> you can't get it off. It's just on you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was funny. We were recording here um, in Tennessee, mm. and it's, like, blistering yeah. heat in June, July, yeah. making Christmas. Love it. Um, happen it, it was really quite interesting but every studio i went to um they dressed it up with christmas decorations oh that's so us. cool isn't that nice <laughs> i know i couldn't believe it every time i went in there was like a christmas pillow a little christmas tree a candy cane i'm like oh wow you guys know how to do this then they do it every year oh that's superb that's superb yeah. um yeah. not content with being a, a a pop superstar podcaster as well Oh, yeah, I know. I got bored when they took my gigs Yeah. Away. I was like, I've got to do something. What can yeah. I do? Um, and I thought, well, I'll start. I started cooking online and just talking to people. I realized that um, the job, my job, yeah. is not really singing. It's actually just making people feel good, happy, understood, comforted. That's the sure. job. I use singing to do yeah. that. Um, and I realized that probably a bit late in the day but I was I was on a world tour where I played every country in the world and I realized a lot of people they didn't know any of the music you know some of them would never listen to even the style of music I sing but the fact that we were making noises was just making them happy the fact that we were there was just making them happy yeah. and I thought this is actually my job so when they got taken away I thought right what can I do yeah. I need to do the same job with a different medium so my friend Richard, he, I've known him since school. His whole thing is podcasts. Yeah. And he's always asked me, will you do one? Will you do one? 
but it takes a lot of time as you yeah. know it's like I didn't have the time before so he called me up he goes how about now I thought oh okay let's do it what should we do it about and he suggested um basing it around happiness because he knows me so well and he was like that's kind of your thing Joss so we called it a cup of happy lovely and I just interview people that know more about life and the brain and the body than I do. I don't know anything. I just ask questions. Yeah. I'm basically just nosy. And um, and it's really eye-opening. Oh, wonderful. It really is. I love it. I really love chatting. So, Oh, well, you're, <laughs> you're you very tell, good at it. I know you love to chat. <laughs> so if people want to find out about the podcast, if people want to find out about the Christmas record, any upcoming gigs or just general Joss Stone news, where's the best place to keep up to speed with you? Probably, I'd say probably Jostone.com yeah. or or Instagram would be a good one or Facebook. Wonderful. You know, Wonderful. They always pop it all up on all of them, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Joss, I've had an absolute ball talking records with you, mate. Oh, I have too. <laughs> Thanks for having it's me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Don't go anywhere. There you go. Oh, that was great. I was really lucky when I finished um, recording that episode. I recorded a little Pod Bible episode uh, with Joss and, and spoke about her podcast a little bit more. So head over to um, wherever you get your podcasts and have a listen to the, the Pod Bible podcast episode with Joss because that's a real real fun little chat and we find out some more about who she's had on the podcast and, and, and plans with it and such. But, oh, my God, how good was that? Like It was real real fun that and uh yeah a cup of happy like i feel a lot happier for that uh that their chat um so yeah go um give the podcast a listen and subscribe to that go check out jossie's christmas record and uh yeah thanks ever so much for listening as i mentioned at the beginning give us a like love share on the socials go um subscribe uh if you want to join the patreon i know times are tough at the moment but it'll only cost you a dollar a month and if you can spare that um that'd be amazing i promise that you'll get loads and loads of good stuff for that as well each week you'll get a couple of episodes on video some playlists um and yeah and access to hundreds and hundreds of radio shows and such and uh, and other bespoke bits and pieces um over on patreon and yeah but essentially you will just be supporting the pod anyway i'm back next time uh in the meantime um just be nice to each other and i'll see you soon cheers bye bye <laughs>